Today's episode of Inside the Wires is brought to you by Xenon Paddle. All Xenon Paddles have been designed and engineered by a paddle player right here in the USA. Take your game to the next level. Play with Xenon. For more information, visit xenonpaddle.com. Welcome to Inside the Wires. Hands down, the best podcast in all of racket sports. Listener discretion may be advised for a younger audience. Okay, welcome back to Inside the Wires. We've got a special guest today, someone who's tough to get a hold of because he's always traveling around the world. And people want to know more about Jared Palmer. Jared was one of our most requested guests, so we were thrilled to have him on the show today. Without further ado, all the way from who knows where, it's Jared Palmer. We are pleased to welcome to today's podcast three-time national champion and two-time Grand Slam champion, Jared Palmer. Jared, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, Jared, we just wanted to start the, uh, the interview real quick with probably the most important question. Uh, crunchy or puffy Cheetos? This is an argument between Blake and I, so you can help settle it a little bit here. Um, crunchy. God. Oh, yes. Go with crunchy. <laughs> That just adds to my lead right now. What's the what's the tally? I'm getting destroyed. Uh, I want to say it's yeah. twenty six to seven right now. Yeah, oh, so mm. it's close. Yeah, you're not you're not coming back from that. No, <laughs> nope. Uh, actually, before he answered, I was pretty sure he was going to say he doesn't eat that crap. He eats healthy yeah. stuff. <laughs> I don't eat a lot of that. That's true. There we go. See, but well, we we also had the um, had the discussion come up. Uh, how are you? Forty-eight now. Yes, I am. So, uh, so, so Dave Broderick was on uh, uh, recently and said he was just turned forty-nine, yeah. and so we were trying to figure out what the difference in lifestyles were because you and Dave seem to be aging differently so far. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. Uh, I guess I'm pretty healthy overall. Like, uh, I'm not like super religious about about what I eat or anything, but. Um, I try and yeah, I try and eat reasonably well on average, and then and then um, just exercise like some, at least some. I, I don't like I don't like go crazy because I tend to I tend to break down if I do too much. So I've learned that the hard way as I get get older. So I just try and do a little bit, um, but do it um, you know a lot, like uh, almost every day, do something you know. And uh, for for me, that works. Sure. And, you know, I don't, most people don't realize, uh, in addition to, um, to that, that you, you build up a lot of frequent flyer miles. You, um, you talk about maybe where you spend your time and how much you travel across the world and trying to work and exercise at various countries. Well, yeah, I don't travel. I mean, most of my, all my international travels now, now is just back, back to Sweden because my wife and kids are there. So, so, um, but obviously back in the day, uh, when I was, when I was playing on the tour, I would, I would, uh, I would, you know, really be traveling almost every week. I mean, when I look back now, it's pretty, 
pretty remarkable to think about. I think travel was a little bit easier uh, for the most part back back then. Um, you know, before 9-11, um, it was, um, I think, an easier process. But uh, it, uh, yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of uh, packing and unpacking and uh, getting on planes and getting off planes and then, um, and then trying to, uh, you know, compete at a reasonably high level after, you know, traveling and dealing with jet lag. And, and, um, and I think that was one of the, uh, that's a skill that, uh, that you have to learn uh, just like anything else, you know, some of the, some of the best um, doubles partners that I had, uh, you know, were, were uh, really good at that. Just, uh, not uh not getting too concerned about uh you know the travel and uh, the different courts the different balls you know it's kind of different every every week and uh and um i think uh i played with one guy uh from the netherlands paul harhus who was uh one of my favorite guys to play with and and um he was a little older than i was when when i started playing with him and he was just so uh he had such a great attitude about uh you know, just everything, like he would just kind of just roll with it. And I, I was, you know, I would get uptight about if I didn't get my sleep or if I didn't, um, you know, get enough practice on, on the different courts. And he was like, look, just, you know, it's the same for everyone. Just get out there and doesn't have to be perfect. Just get out there and, and play. And, and so I learned a lot from him, but, but yeah, it was a lot of travel. And now it's basically just, uh, I, I get back to Sweden quite a bit, obviously to see my family, although this time it's been been the longest uh, that I've ever been away this time so I'm looking forward to getting back yeah that's uh, I mean again that's a lot of travel it's definitely more than I do but I think one of the one of the questions that a lot of our listeners and ourselves here included kind of want to know is you know with all this travel between California and Sweden how did you get into the game of paddle well um, I used to live in uh, in Fairfield County in Connecticut so um I just started playing. I lived in Rowayton, which is a really cute little seaside town, um, um, part of Norwalk, Connecticut. And um, they have a, a, a really active, uh, fun, uh, just uh, local program with, uh, with um, you know, the residents of the town. And they have a nice facility there with four courts. And um, um, I just started playing, you know, just, just for fun with, uh, with uh, some friends that I had made there in, in the town. And, um, and um, just uh, obviously because it was a racket sport, um, I picked it up quickly. But as as most title players know, especially coming from tennis, there's a lot of different different nuances to sort of uh, pick up on and 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 relearn. And so I think for me that was uh, that was the fun part because I, I felt like I had the, I had a good start. But then the more I played, the more I realized there was a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, especially against good players, there was just stuff that I wasn't. Uh, wasn't getting and you know I thought I was I thought I was doing things right and then it just uh, as I started playing a higher and higher level those things just weren't wouldn't work anymore so I kind of had to figure it out figure out what was you know what I was missing and what I wasn't doing right and and I was lucky because there were so many good players in that area to, to play with so once I once I got good enough you know I started getting on the court with uh, with all the good guys in that area and then and then for a, for a period of time there I was playing you know, we would set up like uh, um, games, you know, over lunch or I was probably playing at, against pretty good players, you know, twice a week, um, sometimes even more, um, you know, just for fun, just for practice and exercise. And um, that's when I really, I think, took a leap because I, I saw 
I saw, you know, what they were doing and um, how efficient the good players were, you know, the limited movement. Um, and, um, you know, I was, I was burning all kinds of extra energy that I didn't need to. And um, so I got in a good groove there playing with good players. And, and, uh, and so that, that for me was, was when I got, got good. I'm sorry, real quick, as a, as a two-time Grand Slam champion, they made you earn your way into the good games. You had to start with kind of the regular club players. Come on now. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, um, I, uh, I didn't have a lot of the, the, uh, the, uh, you know, just the paddle, the paddle court sense that, that, you know, you, you know, it, it took me a while to get still. I mean, I think, uh, once I started playing a lot, then I, I think I, 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 it accelerated quickly. But, um, but uh, from when I first started to when I started to play like at a high level, I would say it was a couple of years. I don't know. I, I really don't know. But, but, um, but um, definitely like to get to that last, that last level where I, where I knew what was going on and, and felt like I had a handle on it. Um, that took a while. And what, what year did you start playing paddle? Um, I would say probably maybe 2000 and, uh, 2010. Okay. Now like here's, a, here's a question. Cause I know you were, you know, again, talking about grooving yourself into learning the game of paddle and, you know, a lot of it's not just shot making, it's more, you know, strategic moves. Was there, was there any sort of aspect in paddle that you found the most difficult to, to learn at, you know, from then to where you are now? Um, I think the, uh, I think definitely the, the, the side screens um, against a good player um, were, were challenging. I mean, I think the, the timing for like the, uh, the ball that would come off, you know, off the back, the back screen, I always felt more comfortable with that. Um, I could always, gauge that reasonably well um even at the start but um a good i guess a good spin overhead um that um um, like i think of juan's spin overhead you know when i started playing with him and he would he would really cut that in the corner off the side screen um uh, that that skill takes a while to where i mean you can do it reasonably well but you know when you play at a high level you have to do it um you know, all the time, like you, you can't really, uh, you can't do it, you know, five times and then screw up on one, you know, it's, you're going to, you can't give away like those too many of those free points. So, so even though I was reasonably good at, it, I think to, to where, to where I felt like it wasn't a real liability where, where if you're playing a, a big match, you know, where I didn't feel like I was, uh, you know, going to give away too many of them, you know, I think that that takes a while to get against a good spin overhead. Um, and then I think like, uh, you know, getting the feel for like when good players would 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 uh, let a ball drop and hit a pretty heavy like roller. You know, I, I think there's rollers and then there's like the really good rollers that that are, um, you know, hit hit with a little variety um, pace and spin and location. And um, those can be tough to tough to gauge, you know, when when to take those off the deck and when to let them go because they're low and they can, you know, if you let them go, they can die. Um, so I think little little things like that um, took a while to really be comfortable with. And then 
And then, um, and I think the last thing was probably just something that I think most of us struggle with is, is, uh, you know, when to, uh, when to be offensive and, and, and when not to be. And I think that's really, I guess the, the, the core of the, of the game is, is, uh, that balance of, uh, you know, within, within your own limitations, you know, how much do you play defense and how much do you take the opportunity and when to, uh, to be aggressive. And I think, uh, I think that was the last thing for me is, is, uh, you know, it's so easy to miss in paddle. So, um, you know, but you also don't want to give away opportunities that you've created and, and be too conservative. So, so I think for me, that was the last piece of the puzzle is, uh, and I wouldn't say I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not as aggressive as some, some guys are. Um, and I think, you know, that's something I still, you know, still wrestle with is, uh, you know, which ball to, uh, which ball to go for and, and, and which one to sort of lay off. And, uh, you know, I think playing with Drew too, I think he helped me a lot with that because I was, I was always itching to, uh, you know, make stuff happen. And I think, uh, he was a good guy for me to partner up with, uh, because, um, you know, he, he has such good fundamentals in the game and, and, uh, you know, almost, uh, almost beyond where I thought, you know, he was always saying, you know, you know, wait for another ball. And, and I, I think, um, you know, I think for me, just seeing a top player, um, you know, doing that and really focusing on that and, and just saying, you know, you know, outlast the guy. I think that was for me a good balance because I'm, I think naturally I, I wanted to, uh, you know, look, look to make stuff happen. So well, I've, I've it's, watched, it's, you know, it's I've, a balance. I've watched you and uh, Drew play a number of times and uh, it always amazes me when Drew steps in front of you and hits a volley. I'm like, again, that guy's, that guy's one of the best doubles players from tennis coming over to paddle. He's got the best volleys in the game. Drew, why? Well, it's not the, yeah, it's not, I don't think he really does that. I think it's just sometimes you're just rolling with the, you know, within the point and, and, um, and, um, and it's, you know, it's such a confined space to begin with and there's just not a lot of room. And so, uh, um, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, it's just the way the point flows and, um, you know, he's got great volleys as well. So, you know, I, oh, I, yeah, he I, does. I don't have, uh, I didn't mean to say he had bad volleys. I'm just, <laughs> no, no, I know um, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, volleys my strength. So, yes, but I, I but, uh, but, um, yeah. So as so as we're talking about Drew and obviously his his PFP is starting to uh, bring in some money into the game, um, do you think we'll start getting more top tier players like yourself joining Paddle as as more money comes you, into you mean, the game? You mean top tier tennis players? Yes. Um, I I I don't know. Yes, I hope so. I mean, I I don't uh, I don't know. I mean, I think you have to you're not going to make the leap, uh, uh, just from, you know, from playing tennis and jumping right into, uh, because there's some prize money in Drew's event to, to playing those events. I mean, I think there's a, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, practice that has to, they have to do first before they're at that level. So, so, um, you know, even if there is a little money, you know, I think it takes a while, you know, at least, at least in my experience, it takes a while to get, to get to where you could play on the court with those guys. So, so um, um, I hope so. I mean, I think it's always fun when when we get uh, you know some young young fresh talent in the game that 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 has a strong tennis background, and and um, I I certainly hope so. 
I think I tell you, Blake, too, Blake disagrees with you, though. Blake, you don't want any of the better players coming in. You said that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, we don't want Djokovic or any of these guys coming over to paddle. No, we definitely want to win not some yet. matches. Definitely not yet. But I, know, I, I, mean, I, I don't think we have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I know the Bryan brothers have played. And I want to say yeah. there was another double team. Um, I'm not sure exactly who it was, but they had played a match at some point. And, you know, there's, there's interest. It's, you know, it's definitely a smaller, I think John Isna has seen than you know, than the tennis, but uh, I mean, I am very curious to see if some more people come over. I think the more you see those ex tennis players start teaching at country clubs rather than, you know, academies, you're going to see it more because yeah, again, if you get a, if you get a guy, who's teaching at an academy, it's going to be tennis, tennis, tennis. But once he gets into a country club scene, it's going to be a little different and you kind of have to, you know, potentially play squash, pickleball now, paddle. So, um, I mean, I know of recent, uh, Eric Buterak has been playing a little bit. I know he had a, you know, good, good tennis career. So it's, you know, it's interesting to see. I mean, I'd love to try to get myself a national championship before all these guys join in though. (laughs) Is um is uh, pickleball coming to the northeast at all? Oh yeah, pickleball's yeah. big. I, I even have some of my members, and I'll I'll give a quick shout out to Roxy at my club who drew a pickleball court on uh, on his street, and he invites people over all the time to play. He's uh, you know I'm sure there's a lot of Tito's involved there, but uh, he he's into it. I think the first time he played, he said he played for six straight hours. Oh. Have so you played it, Blake? You play it right. Is it is it fun? It's is it fun? it's a lot of I've fun. I've never played it. it yeah. You know what? It's just uh, it's similar to starting paddle, where there's you know there's a strategy involved, and I mm-hmm. mean I like it because it's a lot of fast play once you get up to the net, and you know it's quick reflexes. So anybody who enjoys volleying and kind of you know changing up the pace, I think it's. I think don't, it's, don't you struggle with that then, Blake, or no? Uh, I mean, here and there. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys, uh, have any of you guys seen Jirani's video of, I think it's called like Balls in Your Kitchen or something like that? Think, yeah, think them not, balls. No. Think them balls. Oh, Dink them balls? Yeah. It's, uh, oh, I, I think it's on YouTube. You guys need he to find good it. Ones. Yeah. Okay. He's I got too much it. time on his hands. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So here's, yeah. here's an interesting question. We're going to kind of peace paddle and tennis who I know you talked about a couple guys from the Netherlands did you ever have anybody whether it was a team in doubles or in singles that was your most difficult opponent in tennis and then what about your most challenging um you know player team when you play in paddle um well I mean in tennis I'd say uh probably uh probably the toughest guy that I played well I played um I lost twice to uh to Roger Federer and he was playing with another singles guy um I don't know if you remember the name Dominic Rabati but um he yeah. was uh he was a really good player and and uh and I played against them this is obviously early in Roger's career and he was focused mostly on on singles but he was a very good doubles player obviously but he wasn't uh he wasn't super focused on it so I remember I I I lost to him twice and, uh, you know, both times, you know, it was, you know, it was like, uh, for, for, for me, it was like, uh, you know, a, an important match. And of course I'm taking it seriously and, and Roger and Dominic are just out there just, just having so much fun and laughing and just hitting these ridiculous shots and, and they beat us badly both times. 
Um, but but uh, what I was going to say is I think the toughest guy that I played in in, uh, in tennis was Sampras. I think um, I think his uh, obviously before Roger came along, he was certainly in the discussion for greatest ever. And uh, I always I always thought that he was uh, he just had everything, you know. And and um, and his serve was just uh, was just amazing. His his first serve, of course, uh, but his second serve was just the best second serve I'd ever faced, um, especially under pressure. He could just hit the corners at will um, and, on, on big points, you know, in big matches. And um, and I lost to him twice at Wimbledon. I played him twice in singles um, at Wimbledon. And, uh, and um, I played him once when he was uh, the defending champ. And the defending champ always plays Monday at 2 o'clock mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, to, to start off the tournament. And I was so nervous. And I remember the grass was like, you know, just perfect. And it was almost too perfect because there was no, it was all, it was slippery. It was, it was, it, you know, as the tournament goes on, it, it gets, it gets worn down. So um, you actually have, you know, a reasonable amount of footing, but it was just, uh, it was almost a little dewy. And I remember uh, playing him uh, and he like, if I, I felt like if I could just block his serve back, um, and get it a little outside of his range. Like he was literally, I felt not even, I don't know if he was like saving himself or what, or he was just so confident, like he didn't want to hurt himself. So I just had to block the ball by him. I felt like, and, uh, I was close for a little bit. I think I took a set off him somehow, but then he just, uh, he just turned on the jets and, uh, and finished me off. But, um, so you played um, Sampras opening match at Wimbledon. Yeah, and I, I played him once. That's in so the cool. Third, yeah, in the, yeah, I played him once in the third round, um, um, on court one. Uh, but um, I, when I played him, yeah, when I when he was the defending champ, I played him on center court, and um, and um, and uh, and uh, I took a set off him. And uh, I remember after the match, you know, when, when you when you walk off the court, you're supposed to wait at the service line there and, and, uh, you know, kind of give a little bow to the Royal box. And, uh, and, um, we were walking off and, um, I was ahead of Pete and I sort of had my head down and I was, you know, thinking about, you know, the match and everything. And, and, um, I wasn't really paying attention. I started to, started to like, I thought I was going through the, the doors to like the enclosure there and I was heading and I was heading to like the, the wrong door. And I was, and, and Pete was behind me and he's like, wrong door, wrong door. And I almost opened, it's like the janitor's closet where they keep all the, like, uh, all the, all the stuff. So he saved me from massive embarrassment, uh, walking off, walking off into the janitor's closet. But, um, but yeah, I played him. That was, that was a pretty cool, pretty cool experience. Um, the only, the only scary thing about that was I, I remember I had started for some reason I was, I was working with. Um, just for a brief period of time, I had started working with Pancho Segura and I don't know if you remember him, but he, Absolutely. he, uh, he was, yeah, he was a really bright tennis mind and uh, a great player, obviously, but he coached Connors for a number of years and he, and Pancho was like a very, very, um, outgoing personality, kind of, kind of a loud mouth. And, um, and, um, and before my match with Pete, we were in the, in the player lounge, there, there was like a little area where you sit and eat. And, um, and Pete was like a couple tables away and, um, and Poncho's like trying to fire me up for the match and we're going over strategy and stuff. And he, he gets, he starts, starts to get all amped up 
and um, I don't know what he was thinking, but he started to like kind of uh, disparage Pete a little bit, like saying like he was talking really loud, and, and Pete's like, you know, and I grew up playing tennis with Pete, and we played doubles together when we first started, and um, you know we were friendly, and and Poncho's there. You know, like, ah, uh, oh, he's not that good. And, you know, his backhand volley and all this. And I'm like, Poncho, please stop talking. You're killing me right now. <laughs> Pete, I know, could hear him. That's um, fantastic. Yeah. So uh, um, that was, that was, it's like looking back, it's pretty cool to have played him twice at Wimbledon because he really, he really was, uh, he was a the man there for for many years before. Oh my God. Yeah, Rogers, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. I don't do much fact checking, Jared, but I was looking over your Wikipedia page and uh, you've, you've beaten like um, beaten and played against like for me growing up all the nineties and early two thousands and the late eighties players. Just you, you also have a win over a um, little known player called Andre Agassi. You yeah. Played, I had some good. W- yeah. I you played him and Sargis, Sargis, right? Sargis Sargisian. Sargis Sargisian, yeah, yeah. I had some. Uh, I, I let's see. I, uh, I had win, wins over Richard Krychek, uh, Todd Martin, um, Goran Ivanisevic, uh, Pat Rafter, um, Mark Rosé. I, I, uh, I had some good singles wins, you know. I, um, but yeah, obviously I was, my, my skill set was better suited to double. So I, I had much more success in, in, in doubles. I didn't have, I didn't have a very big serve and my best shot was my volley. So at the highest level, you know, I struggled a little bit, you know, against the really strong returners, you know, I would try to serve a volley and just, just wouldn't work very often. But, uh, but once I was at net, I was, I was uh, okay. But getting there was, was a challenge against some, some really, really good players right. um and then um yeah for paddle i think uh i'd have to say hughes powers are pro- probably the toughest team that that uh, you know that drew and i've played in a, over a period of years i mean i think i think they're a really really dangerous you know strong young team and and uh you know just just a lot of a lot of shots a lot of a, a lot that you have to deal with you know over the course of a match and um you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of great players obviously but i think uh i think i think over a period of a few years i think they've been they've been our toughest opponent you know they they're always they always come to play to compete well and and um you know just like i said i mean it's just a lot about um you know over the period of over the period of time of of an entire match you know just just um who can pressure you, uh, you know, the most. And I think they're good at that. You know, they're good at, uh, um, applying uh, pressure and, and, um, without giving to away too many free points, you know, and I think that's really, that's really the, the best teams are able to do that, you know, um, not be too, too conservative, but not too aggressive and, and just keep, keep the pressure on another team. And I think they do that well. Right. So, so talking about uh, guys like that and and playing, you know, high level high level paddle, uh, I don't think most people realize that you actually didn't play paddle all season long, and then you came back a week before nationals, and uh, got into a pro flight event that was week weekend before nationals, and I, I thought it was actually quite funny that. I remember seeing you on the court on that Friday night and you went through like five different models of paddles trying to figure out which one you were going to use since obviously you hadn't been playing for a while. And then you jump in yeah. and, and a week later you're, you know, you're playing in the finals for 
uh, for nationals. I mean, what, what's that like when you don't play for a year and then all of a sudden you're, you're back? I mean, there's no easy matches, obviously. You jump in and you're playing top players right away. Yeah, it's hard. I, I think uh, as far as the paddles go, yeah. I mean, I, normally you, you have uh, – you either stick with, you know, the paddle that you played with the previous uh, season or, or you at least have time, you know, in practice and, and, and smaller tournaments to, to experiment a little bit and, 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 uh, and get used to something, something different. Um, but obviously didn't have that opportunity. So I was, I was just, you know, trying to figure out what I was going to play with in a short amount of time. So that's, I, I went, yeah, I did, I did uh, try a, a lot of different paddles. Um, but yeah, for not practicing, it is, it is hard. I mean, it's, uh, it's, um, I think it affects, um, I think I tend to be a little more um, conservative when I play because, um, because I uh, just don't have that base of, you know, hitting, hitting um, uh, a ton of shots and, and um, feeling like you're, uh, you're going to make it. I think, I think, you know, when you, when you play at a high level, you need to feel like the confidence is there and, and, uh, and that you, you've done it enough. And then you, you know, you know, you feel like you're going to make it. And if you miss it, you're a little bit surprised. And, and um, so I think not having the, that repetition going in to a tournament like that is, is difficult. But I also think that, um, you know, Drew and I have played for many years and, and so, you know, I think it, it would it would have been even harder to, to come in and, and uh, you know, play it uh, without having practiced with with um, with a different partner. But because, you know, we, we know we know what to do out there, you know, playing with each other. And, and it just it just takes a little a little time to get back in that groove. Uh, um, but um, I don't know. I just it. So, so that begs the question. We, we're looking for an Inside the Wires podcast exclusive. Um, can you update any any Jared Palmer paddle plans for for next season? Oh, I, I have no I, idea. I, I, I do. I, mean, I, I do even, have to say. I do yeah. have to say. We we had Brian Compton on uh, a few days ago, and uh, yeah. it's it sounds like uh, sounds like Blake's not looking for a partner because uh, Brian took Martin for at least a few <laughs> tournaments. So uh, Blake is available if you're if you're looking for a partner. So just throwing that out there. Well, that's good. That's very good to know. That's very good to know. No, thank you. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, no, yeah, no plans, no firm about... plans for next year. Oh no, 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 no firm plans. No, I haven't even. Uh, who knows? I have no idea. I mean, yeah. All I, right. Well, well let, let me say even, yeah. selfishly as a fan, we uh, we'd obviously love to see you out there because it's always great to see you play. Yeah, but, thanks. Uh, understand thank the real life thank gets you. in the way with uh, with things. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Jared, we just want to thank you for joining us today on the podcast. It was, uh, it was really great. You're welcome. You and all the, all the good insight on the tennis side and the, and the paddle side. And like Noah said, I think all of us here and, and our listeners, we, you know, we hope, hope to see more of you next year and, uh, you know, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, mate. Thank for, you. Thank, thanks for having me on. You got it, Jared. All right. See you guys. All right. Thanks. Take, Take care. care Cheers. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks again to Jared Palmer for his time today. Jared was one of the most requested guests to have on, so we're really happy to be able to talk to him. Be sure to listen next time for another fan request, Marshall Chapin. I'm Blake. That's Noah. And he's Ben. Cheers. Cheers.